This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello, and welcome back. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School, and I'm here with my co-host and fellow marketing professor, Americus Reed. It's a pleasure to be here, Barbara. So this is Marketing Matters on Sirius XM Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111, and it's that time of year, holiday mm. shopping. Next shopping. week is Thanksgiving, and that yep. means it's Black Friday. I haven't even taken down the Halloween lights yet. Can I just say that? <laughs> okay, I'm just so not prepared You had Halloween lights? That's I cool. did. Yeah, I did. We did the whole thing. Today's the Black Friday show, and we talked uh, earlier in the hour. We talked about some reports coming out that showed that people are going to be spending more money this year, hopefully. That Gen Z still believes in shopping, which mm-hmm. is a terrific thing. And then we identified a new segment called Millennial Dads. And then we talked to Samsung, who was talking about how they're gearing up yes. to buy they new TVs. They got a TVs. lot of gear to sell. <laughs> yeah, yes, <right>. they do. <laughs> so I mean, it's a huge part. The whole yeah. the whole year is based on this fourth quarter for many marketers, many brands, many retailers. And our next guest, Amber Olson-Rourke, she's the co-founder and CMO of Nerium International. And now that's an online brand. Hello, Amber. Hello. How are you? So before we talk about your company, you're the co-founder and CMO of Nerium International, which is a skincare company. Tell us a little bit about your background so we know how you get to be a CMO and co-founder of of an online skincare company. Of course. Well, I, um, you know, I went to school for marketing, um, and from there went and worked at advertising agencies and different marketing agencies. And I always loved the art of storytelling. Um, and then I started my own medical spa where we sold skincare services and laser treatments and Botox and everything anti-aging. And mm. so the two worlds kind of collided together of how do we, you know, create really great products um, that give consumers the results they're looking for and tell it in a story in a way that resonates, you know, with people. And so those two things came together. And um, that's when I, six years ago, started with Miriam International and since then have grown with the company. um, And now I'm the chief marketing officer here. Okay, so I mean, first of all, there are a couple things you said there that I don't know if people out there know or not. I'm guessing Americus doesn't know too much about this. But <laughs> wait a um, minute, wait, wait. <laughs> first of was all, that a, that was like an insult. No, it's like, what because does Americus so know about young, skincare. You, you I mean, might what does he know about anti aging? Americus <laughs> knows nothing about grooming. He just shows up and <laughs> he looks homeless. I don't know. What, the, what are oh, you yeah, saying, Barbara? Looks great. <laughs> but let's so the couple things I saw in some of the things uh, that I was reading because I'm older than Americus, so this anti aging thing affects me much more. Um, but the Anti-aging is kind of a word people aren't using anymore. I think they're using, I don't know, are you still using anti-aging or is that word kind of not being used? Um, you know, it, it, I think it's still widely used. It's how the, the actual channel is categorized. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's about really, you know, helping your skin, your body, your mind just be in its optimal state. It's really about, you know, living, looking, feeling, living better um, and feeling great about yourself. Um, so I think the, the, what we're seeing is a trend moving away from the having to be perfect, having everyone having to look the same, you know, having to go to extreme measure, measures like surgery and all of that. And mm-hmm. it's really about just taking care of yourself. And I think one of the most interesting things is actually millennials are even at a young age, they're spending their money for great skincare. 
you're saying it's not just for old baby boomers. It's also across right. the board. Um, and so what is, what is the way you do? Um, what, what's your philosophy? What are the values under Nerium? What, what, how does it all work? You know, so our core mission is making people better. And so some of the things that, you know, I saw with, you know, selling skincare uh, before is that people aren't going to do 15 steps. They don't have time or the resources to do that. So we really wanted to simplify and create products that were heavy hitting, but also based from nature, but gave people the results that they wanted. So we have a very, you know, kind of a streamlined approach where we focus on a few products for your skin, a few products um, for wellness and internal health. And it's all really geared about feeling your best and looking your best at any age. Okay, and so this is a Black Friday show, so tell us what you do. I mean, how much of your year, because it sounds like people take care of their skin um, all year round, and I'm not sure how much of your business is gift, um, but how important is the holiday season for you? You know, and actually that's a great question because, um, you know, it's just been in the recent few years that we've actually seen health and beauty kind of start to enter into this whole holiday Black Friday um, offerings, and I think it's because it's becoming more um, universal. Like you said, it's not just one age, you know, looking for that as a gift. Um, And so for us, we focus on the holiday season and we focus on, you know, creating a great value during that season because it's also, you know, a gift you want to give yourself. And we make, you know, our messaging around it being a gift that, you can give to someone in your in your life and so um for us being especially online we know that 96 percent of digital shoppers are influenced by recommendations from their friends or family so you have to create something that is worth talking about that people would want to recommend to their you know to their friend as hey you got to check this out and so i think that's a really important um, element of creating a gift offering so that, okay, that's interesting. So now you're talking about, and we were talking a little bit about the marketing during the holiday season, and he was talking, Steve Barr, our, our first guest, was talking about the different platforms. And what you're talking about now is how to make something viral in some sense, how to make one friend share information with another. And I heard exactly. you when you were talking originally, um, we're talking to Amber Olson Rourke. She's the co-founder and CMO of Nerium International, which is a skincare company. And she was telling us one of the things that was her passion was this notion of building brand as narrative as a storytelling. So what exactly did you mean by that? Well, I think you have to, you know, sometimes as marketers, we get focused on what this, you know, the attributes that we know are great of the product and, you know, all of the, the, the facts, but it's about telling a story. It's about showing how, you know, our skincare products help people give, get, get their confidence back, help them, um, you know, get, you know, have a great holiday season by their skin looking the best or, they're, you know, get through the holiday season and not being tired by taking, you know, wellness supplements. So telling the story of the benefits that you're going to get and making it in a way that um, is very approachable and not as straightforward, uh, you know, a straight sales transaction or a straight sales offer. I mean, you have to have the value. So for with our sets, we, you know, we do gift sets, holiday gift sets, and we have a value of a free gift of purchase and you know, incentives like that, but we also couple that with stories around why those gifts would make a difference in someone's life, why they would like to receive them, what are the benefits, 
you know, emotionally and, and personally that they would get um, beyond just why, you know, the, the, the product attributes themselves. So one of the other th- trends that Steve Barr was talking about, we were talking about at the start of the hour here, was that it, the online ch- shopping is really omni-channel, although that's kind of a hackneyed term already now, but <laughs> right. retailing is across these different channels. Um, and now you're still a pure online business, is that correct? Right. So all of our all of our sales, you know, predominantly come from people coming to our website and and purchasing from the company, purchasing from our brand partners. Mm -hmm. So how do you I mean, because like a lot of the some of the best um, some of the best physical retailers are companies like Sephora or Ulta. And and particularly in beauty, it does seem that it's a really tactical hands on. I want to try it on. Uh, Have you given any thought to opening up stores or having showrooms or something so that people can try your product? And if not, why not? Yeah, so that's a really great point. So, you know, we're in a direct sales model. So our brand partners, we have brand partners across the United States. They're kind of our boots on the ground. So they have samples and they're the ones who reach out and talk to their friends, families, neighbors, and let them sample the product, let them try it. Because you're right, it's important to have that personal touch. Wait, so what do you mean by brand partners? Is that like an Avon kind of notion or you're working with? exactly. Oh, oh, so explain that. So that's your model. You have people that bring their friends around and they share the product with the friends. It's an at-home kind of thing? Um, you know, some do it at, at home, but a lot of time, a lot of times, you know, we've kind of entered this new era where you know, a lot of our, our interactions we're sharing on social media and um, sharing, you know, through their website. So they don't are not, you know, they're not carrying around a suitcase full of products for people to buy directly from them. They have samples that they're sharing and, oh, and people see. are experiencing it. That and then they refer people to go to their website and order. And then once that person orders, they get credited, you know, for that sale, and we ship it direct to the consumer. So it's kind of this I new see. era ah. of kind of direct marketing. And how do you find these partners to do this? How do you identify the mm. people who would make good? Right. Good. It's a hundred percent word of mouth, which goes back to creating that story that people want to share. So um, it just kind of organically grows from there. Hmm. So what what are the stories that I'm pretty sure that you and your team, Amber, have analyzed the the content of these experiences, these stories that get shared? Can you give us a, a flavor of that? I'm on your website right now and kind of thumbing through it and looking at it, trying to get a sense of feel for the brand. Um, yeah, can you talk so, a little bit know, about that? Sure. I mean, we try to identify people in different stages of their life, different ages of their life, and um, tell their own personal story of kind of what using Narian products have done for them, whether it's a skin issue that they've, you know, been struggling with and, and it's our products have helped them or if it's, um, you know, lack of energy or lack of focus or some of these other things um, that one of our wellness products has given to them. We try and tell the story of the user um, in, a, in a way that resonates with people based on where they're at in their life. So let me ask you, just moving away from your own company a little bit, and ask you if you wouldn't mind, because we're asking people to sure, think about yeah, the holiday season and stuff. What do you think the future of retailing is, hap- is going to be like? What do you think about Amazon buying Whole Foods and Walmart, you know, buying Jet.com? And I mean, you're obviously concerned about all of this because it can cut into your business, too. So you must have been doing some forecasting of what you think is going to happen in the next few years. Yeah, I think that, you know, people are wanting to... Um, they're wanting to 
kind of create their own experience and buy things when they want, where they want, from who they want. And so you know, they're, they're not as much wanting to peruse through a mall and find what they want. They're relying on their, you know, they're relying on social media and they're relying on their um, people and their network to kind of introduce them to great products. And so one of the things, you know, like I mentioned that 96% of digital shoppers are influenced by their friends or family. We see this as a big trend in how people are going to make fine decisions online and, you know, people are not as much relying on the shopping experience itself of physically being there, but they're looking to um, people that they trust, whether it be someone they just follow on social media who is a, an authority in that space or their friends and family on social media, um, kind of helping kind of clue them in into what products that they should be trying. Um, and I think people are going to, it's going to continue to evolve that way. I think retail is always going to be a big part of people shop, especially for things that need to be experienced. But um, I, I do see people continuously wanting to have that instant gratification and want to kind of shop on their terms and do it when they want, where they want. So, you, you, so you said you started out in the spa business. Are, are you thinking of doing any? I mean, because I see a lot of skincare. They do have spas, and Ulta has a hairdressing place. And are you thinking about doing anything like that? Because this kind of business really would lend itself to experiential stuff, also. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And we have, you know, some spa owners and hair salon owners and estheticians um, who, you know, represent the product. But a lot of times it's you know, it could be as simple as, you know, a mom having a, a spa party where everyone puts on our, you know, our facial masks and experience it that way. So, you know, that kind of um, experience is really important still, which is why kind of part of the reason we chose this channel is having those people in every community that can be a part of that experience, have their friends over and experience the product or give them an example for them to experience um and and I but I think that I think spas will always have a big place in and being a part of skincare and the experience of skincare for sure. And as I imagine that most of your customers are female, but do you have male products too? I mean, we were talking about this at the beginning, but <laughs> yeah. how, how does that work? What should men so, do about their skin? Yeah, so you know, we probably have twenty percent of our customers are actually men. Um, and and they skew young? Is it the young men who figured this out and the old it, men still have the crummy wow. skin? Yes, yes. <laughs> a little bit, yes. So it does skew younger on the men. But um, I think what they're attracted to is that we have a very small line. So I think that men aren't going to do a ton of steps. And so mm. what we really made it easy is, you know, our core kind of one product in the day, one product in the night um, from an anti-aging perspective, of course, you can add on to that. But by keeping it simple is really what works for um, mm. male consumers is making it easy for them. But also, we've seen it's actually one of the fastest growing mm. um, um, segments mm -hmm. in anti-aging is men consumers because oh, they think they're, you know, starting to care more about wanting to look their best. 
and seeing that it's not just a girl thing to look your best, but there's also benefits to looking your best as a male. <laughs> We're talking to Amber Olson-Rourke. She's the co-founder and CMO of Nerium. And it's an online retailer of skincare products. And one of the things, I've started using more skincare products. I never did it at all before, but as I'm in this new anti-aging age, um, <laughs> I got to start thinking about these. And one of the things that I find so frustrating, and I wonder how you feel about it or what you do about it, is that I can't tell if it's working or not. Yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> so, I was gonna, there are a lot of products where the, the features, you consume the feature and you kind of have the immediate direct uh, feedback of the cause and effect of what it's supposed right. to do. But this is a little bit different. Can you speak on that, Amber, in terms of those issues? So that's a great point and kind of one of the catalysts of, of how we started creating our lines because I saw that a lot within even our spas that people would buy products and in in at that point they were pretty expensive because they were you know at a they were you know dermatologist grade and they weren't necessarily seeing the results and so I mean the first step of that is we we do you know clinical trials to help prove the efficacy of of what's going to happen but what we've done from a marketing standpoint, as from the very beginning of the company, we kind of bet it all on the results. And our whole kind of marketing campaign was around people taking their own before and after pictures. So we have a whole contest around it. And mm-hmm. we, oh, that's it's cool. a big part of it. And mm-hmm. so we ask people when they get the product in the mail, hey, before you use this, take your before picture because we want you to put us to the test. Like we can say this is awesome, but unless it does something for your skin, it's not awesome. Right. And we'll, we'll, we have a, you know, we'll give you, you can use the whole product. And if it doesn't give you the results you wanted, we'll give you all your money back. Oh, wow. And so we told people to get, take the before picture and 30 days later, take the after picture. And if they weren't satisfied, we give them a refund. And so we kind of bet it all on the fact that could see the results. And that's really what started that organic sharing of, the message. That's a powerful message if you can really do that. Yeah, That's and great. It, and it's authentic too, right? Because it's coming from right. the consumers as opposed and to And you're letting them take their own pictures. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they believe themselves, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> now, it's interesting also, uh, Amber, because looking on your website, there I'm getting a, a sense of the brand and there seems to be a big component of the core values of the brand that have to do with social impact and giving and making the world a better place and things of that nature. Um, looking at the site right now and seeing this Nerium Ripple Foundation as part of this initiative, reaching out to people to create an environment of more community and cultivating, giving back to folks' communities. Do you sense, here's my question, when you build into a beauty brand things that have to do with social impact, are you faced with the challenge of a kind of perceived, potentially perceived sort of inconsistency because it's sort of like I need these beauty product products to look beautiful uh, but I also want to be a good person and you know I want to be a moral person but I want to make as beautiful as I can and you know it's some, sometimes there's a strange kind of you know in, not inconsistency but a strange kind of dissonance that goes along with that has that been a challenge to build a brand around a beauty brand around social values and and more of these kind of more lofty moral kinds of principles? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's an, a great question. And I think it kind of starts with, I think you're right, that you have to have a congruent message. And where we've always come from is our mission of making people better. And I think beauty is a really subjective term, and it can mean a lot of things. And I think if you read through a lot of our product language, we don't really talk about being beautiful mm. or being glamorous. And we really try and focus on 
um, helping you just take care of yourself because mm-hmm. you deserve that and mm-hmm. you deserve to take care of your skin because it's your biggest organ and it's, you know, you're going to have your same skin for your whole life and taking care of your internal being and taking care of your um, emotional being. And we put out a lot of content around how to vape, how to cultivate happiness and gratitude and all of these other things that it's kind of a, your holistic approach to taking care of yourself. And I think that's really congruent with also you have to take care of yourself to take care of others. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, from the very beginning, we partnered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, and we've become oh, the largest nice, corporate nice. donor um, now because it's about helping reach down and mentor someone else and help them be their best selves. So, um, and so, oh yeah, go ahead. So is your, your business international? It is. We're in uh, nine countries. Wow. Because uh, from what I understand, that skincare regimes vary a lot mm. in, um, in different, like, for example, if I, I understand Asia is much yes. more of a skincare market than the U.S. is. Maybe U.S. is starting to change now, but that really the Asian women in particular have kept taking care of their skin from when they were babies all the way forever um, and is very important to them. So I wonder how you market differently in different parts of the world. Mm. That's a great, um, great point. And, you know, Asia and specifically Korea is really now leading the way in anti-aging trends. And so what we try and do is find issues that are present everywhere and then kind of look at the different regions and say who's solving those issues best. So for example, there's this whole double cleansing trend of how you wash your face. Hmm. And it was inspired by Korea, but we took it everywhere in all of our markets because it's like on the cutting edge hmm. of the best way to cleanse your skin that nourishes it. And so we we kind of changed the marketing story a little bit to kind of tailor to what those regions care most about. Mm. But our product line is pretty much the same in each market. That's interesting that the Koreans are yeah. cutting but edge can, on that. Can you, because yeah. it sounds like there's a lot of the science behind this. You, you're very focused on this, Amber, in terms of the work that you and colleagues do there at Nerium. What is this double cleansing? What's the, <laughs> you know, because I, I hate to be like the, the, the male, the slack-jawed cretin that's bathing every three days, you know, and now you're trying to get me to, yeah, to like double cleanse twice, twice yeah. in a setting. Wait a minute. <laughs> what is this? Yes. So good question. I didn't want to get too much into it because it's very, uh, you know, you have to really be a skincare junkie to care. But mm. in, a, in a quick summary is, a lot of dermatologists started recommending that you use both an oil-based cleanser and a water-based cleanser because they do very different things. Mm. And so huh. oil attracts oil, so it pulls the oil <laughs> out of your skin. And then the water-based is what actually like helps moisturize your skin. And so people, what we saw is people aren't really going to do that. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, gotcha. because our whole approach is streamlining. We found a way to do both in oh. one, in one product. Oh wow! Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> oil, you add water, and it transforms into a water-based cleanser. Gotcha. So, How often are you supposed to wash your your face? Oh, here it comes. <laughs> yes, in the in the morning and at night. In the okay. morning, twice. That's okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's but it, it sounds like it is a that's a pretty cool uh, innovation. Right, Amber. And right. so, how do you protect that that intellectual? I mean, do you patent this thing? I mean, what? How do you make sure other competitors don't see the great success that you're having as you bring this from Korea to the world and just basically copy what you're doing? How do you protect against that? That's a great question. So, in a lot in a, in our products, um, we 
we do have patents on a number of ingredients um, that we use. And so, you know, having um, using patented ingredients or exclusive kind of proprietary blends that we come up with is the main way that we kind of help protect against that. Oh, well, that's great. So patent and skincare. Yeah. Amber Olson work. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And learned a lot more about yes. skincare and how, how to yes. make things better. If you want to find more about, you would learn more about Nerium, you can go to Nerium.com or on Twitter at Nerium International. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.